Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Coming up on the payoff. It's been one year since we kicked off this podcast and almost 100,000 downloads later. We welcome back today our first guest, Wes Cunningham, actor, musician. Now the guy flips houses and uh, he's an exceptional individual. And what he shares with us today is a breakthrough and it took a lot of courage. I asked him what his last year was like and he really gives a look into what can happen when you get away from the program. It's not so much an interview as it is a conversation, but it's a conversation about sobriety and it's a conversation for folks who maybe if you're on the fence or you're dropping in on this program or dropping in on this podcast and wondering, hey, what's it like for people who are fulfilled in sobriety and for people who are sober that are not fulfilled and what happens to those people? And what are they doing to be fulfilled? And what happens when they're not fulfilled? So Wes Cunningham is as transparent um, as it gets. And I love this guy. And I love this conversation. And it's something I think everybody should listen to a year later. I think 54 episodes. uh, This podcast is still going on. And I thank everybody uh, for listening uh, and spending a little time to learn about sobriety and help us all break the stigma Remember to like and subscribe. I never ask people to do that. But come on, like and subscribe. We're actually getting a little bit of uh, momentum behind this deal. And it feels good. Talk about feeling good. I'm about to go out and see this dude in a couple weeks. California, Kevin Souza. So after thinking a little bit, Wes got in touch with me and wanted me to add that when he talks about slipping into old behaviors on this podcast, he's talking about marijuana use. And uh, that is something he felt was important. And uh, if it's important to him, it's important to me uh, because it's important to you guys. That's how he felt. So enjoy this pod now maybe with a little bit more understanding and meaning. Turn his volume up a little bit. Um, we got to make sure, you know. Okay. I think Mike knows how to do it. Yeah, I know. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? That's the, there's nothing worse <laughs> when somebody's telling you how to do your job. No. Um, speaking of your job. No, now, I, no oh, I just, I, I, I played basketball last night, so I, I think I just overdid it. What, are you a pro basketball player? Yeah, oh, oh, oh. Because uh, we were talking about your job. Okay, so you played hoops last night. You think you hoops. overdid it. That's all. I think yeah. So. I'm fine. I was just, I was celebrating my, because I was, you won five out of five games. You are 50 years old, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, me and a couple other old dudes took on these college kids. So it was us three old dudes and these three college kids. And uh, I'm sorry, Sam and Zach. And, uh, <laughs> Where do you play? We dominated. This is the best part. We don't play in a gym. We play in someone's backyard. And we hang up like work lights, you know. No kidding. And, yeah, and so we, and then we put, you know, put the little... Work radio on. So we've got like the you know '90s hip hop going. It's kind of it, it's we think it's totally cool, but it's probably pretty pathetic. And then we just get it's brawl ball. We just get in there and just beat the crap out of each other. How many guys? Five on five? To it. Five? Uh, no, it's three on three generally. So half court or full court? Half court. It's just literally some dude's yeah. backyard. Yeah. At, here in North Waco, and we just light it up, turn on the tunes, and uh, you know, no matter what the weather is, we just we go for it. We've done it in 100 degrees. We've done it in freezing. It's like, you know, every Tuesday night we do it. I keep, I keep inviting you. Well, I, you know, because so I, 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 yeah. I wake up so early, you know. Even, even now I'm kind of, you know, I'm staying here tonight because we're expecting bad weather, like I mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I got a hotel. Uh, the station got me a hotel. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. You could stay with us. Yeah, I know. You would let me stay with you. You got a beautiful Absolutely. home, too. Plenty of room. All right, so let's get into your story. Now, the reason that a year later, February 4th, the first podcast the first payoff podcast went up. Big payoff. You you were the yeah. you were the guest, um, you know. And here we are, almost a hundred thousand downloads and and 50, 52, shows. 52 shows later. That's right. I looked. 
Uh, Mike, I'm going to be liberal with the numbers. All right, we're trying to get sponsors here around a hundred thousand, you know. Um, and uh, you know, I, I wanted to have you back because one, I don't think I was as good. I don't think I'm great now, but I think I've improved. I think I was a little skittish that first time. So I, I and, and I mentioned to you, I love I love Howard Stern, but when he has a guest in the first time, recently he had Ben Affleck in for the first time, and it was such a treasure, but. The second time, it's just never the same uh, because unless it's like a Johnny Carson, like Don Rickles is back or, you know, Alec, Alec Baldwin, who, however you feel about him, him. I really don't care. I love him. He's he's the best. An incredible guest. Love Incredible guest. So he's the one guy that's recurring on Howard that I like. But, you know, I wanted to have you back and just kind of go through your story once again. But I think it's important also to ask you, February 4th of last year uh-huh. till now, yeah. what has your last year been like? I'm glad, yes. Okay. So, first of all, have you seen Howard Stern on Comedians in Cars? Incredible. Freaking hilarious. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, that is you awesome. tell a story. Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. I, I, um, I didn't want to repeat myself, so... An hour ago, I like I fast forwarded our previous interview just to listen through and just to make sure I'm not saying I don't know why I did. I don't. Yeah, because you're a good guest. I, I don't know. Uh, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought your questions were great. I thought it was great. But anyway, okay. uh, but it's been a weird, it's been a weird year for me since then. It's been a weird year, and I'm happy to go into detail or not. But um, in general, and then you can drill down if you want. But I stopped going to meetings pretty much right after I, I mean, I probably was doing it right before, but that whole year I didn't really go to meetings because COVID, um, that was my thing. And I just, I'm too stubborn and, uh, whatever to do, to do the zoom. I didn't want to do that. And I had a ton of work and I just got busy with stuff. Um, and it had, it took a toll on my sobriety. I didn't drink, but it's, uh, I found myself repeating some old behaviors and um, kind of getting to the point where a couple of months ago, right, just right before Christmas or so, um, kind of had a reckoning with all that. And um, and I think it was just, uh, I kind of don't know where to start with all this, but in general. Well, we started. So. Well, we started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I missed the fellowship, number one. Number two. I had all this knowledge of AA in my head, and so and um, and and number three, uh, I didn't had there was no there was no rub, there was nothing from me that uh, I was complacent and comfortable in my life enough to um, feel like I didn't need you guys or uh, or higher power. I give it lip service. But I didn't give it heart service, and I certainly had, was not dependent on someone else, and I certainly wasn't open with someone else 100. percent I had some uh, character defects, as they say, <laughs> uh, that that started to really push their way to the front of the line, and eventually kind of took over. and And my wife and uh, we kind of had a reckoning, and she was like, "What? What's going on, dude?" Um, what do you want to go into as far as the reckoning and the old behaviors? Um, well, so I could go into my, uh, my self-centeredness, which is the, the main, the biggest part of it is I, I, uh, I really sort of, uh, started to throw myself into creating music, uh, and I would disappear for hours during the day and, uh, and I would get super defensive if that was threatened. Um, and I also sort of started to develop this this uh, thing that used to happen back in the day where I, uh, I, in my heart, I was demanding recognition. And I, and I started to become a victim that all this stuff I'm doing is not being recognized and, and you don't understand me and... Um, were you like it's hard that? to explain, but I was very diff. I was just. I uh, get it. I, I'm like that too. When my, I did not have peace, I did not have peace. So, and when, when certain things that I I think are important, right? Um, 
when they get threatened, uh-huh. I get freaked out. Uh, it's it's something that I'm working with now just to kind of become a little more. F- I, I, I always tell people, oh, man, I'm laid back. I'm really not. Um, I'm laid back as long as you let me do whatever I want to do. And I can be self-centered, right? I can act like you're. Late. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm chill. Otherwise, look, I got a flannel on. I've got glasses. I got vans. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I'm going to beard. But at the end of the day, I'm just like my dad. I'm a complete tightwad about people getting, you know, stepping on my my time. Um, That's right. It's kind of how I'm built as an alcoholic. I think so. Like running is a thing that I like to do. And if anybody gets in the way of that, yeah, I get weird. Yeah. And well, that's okay, though. You got to run. Yeah, you do. But at the same time, you have to like, you shouldn't be a maniac about it, you know? And uh, I, I just, I notice certain things like this. So back to you. So let me get, let me just clarify this just real quick. And then you can ask me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the anxiety and the fear, particularly over the, the work I was doing, mm-hmm. the financial stress, all of that stuff was uh, started to come back and sort of take over. And I just, I've just forgot. I forgot that I was... Uh, an alcoholic. An alcoholic. Yeah. Because I didn't talk to any alcoholics. And it was just this thing I used to do. It was this, I'm over that now. And and what I'd like to talk about eventually is the rebirth of it all. And how this is, you know, more will be revealed. And how this is all a process of this, of, of this program. And how the good things that come out of this stuff. Because it always takes pain for me. To have any kind of growth, any kind of spiritual something growth. has to happen before something happens. Every time, all the time for me has to suck. All a the little time. bit of calamity has mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah, and so that calamity happened for you. You had a reckoning with your wife. I did. Yeah, was she the music? And because I've talked to you about this, you know, like you were creating again. Right. You were being creative again. Right. And that's that's intoxicating for someone like you. You uh-huh. were. You're gonna like not let me say any of this, but you gotta hang in there and take these compliments. You were a, a, a recording artist on a major record label. You made a, 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 a big time film. I was watching uh, Tony Hale, who starred in the film with you. I was watching him the other night. Amy Winter. Uh, Amy Winter, yes, <laughs> Amy Winter, Tony Hale, uh, and who was the other guy? Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy Sisto. Jeremy yeah. Sisto, yeah, but but Tony Hale was in the. Um, Gosh, the uh, I, uh, the Lucio Ball movie. Oh, that's right. Being the Ricardos. He's awesome. Yeah. He's got a huge role and it made me think of you. So you've had all this success and whatever you want to call it, sizzle around you. And you also, it's just being creative. It's fulfilling. That is fulfilling. Yeah. So you're back to doing that again. And do you feel like that took over? Yeah, I do. I feel like that took over. Um, I feel like I started, that became a big... Uh, I hate to use these religious words, but it sort of became a big idol for me. And and your mistress too. That's exactly what my wife called it. Oh really? Yeah, she called yeah. it your mistress because I, I would go upstairs in my little room, and I would just seal myself off in this bubble, and and um, and I would create. And there's nothing wrong inherently wrong with any of that. But if it, when it comes to the expense of spending time with my family, when it comes to the expense of um, not not doing my responsibilities, I mean, it was just. Um, it was, you know, she she also used the word masturbation, uh, but it was that. It kind was of like thing. your own masturbation. Yeah, though. I was yeah, up there when, when, yeah. I, when I wasn't turning it sexual. I want to clarify that for people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would just disappear. Yeah, and it, it it was probably pretty similar to the way I treated alcohol back in the day. You know, I yeah. would I would withdraw. I would become singular. I would disappear. I would not return your calls. I would isolate. Yeah, and what it becomes the thing. I stopped being open. Okay. There it is. I stopped being open to what the universe, to what God was putting in front of me. I didn't care what that was. I'd push it out of the way because this is what I want to do. And um, yeah. It becomes the thing. It becomes the thing. And when you're thinking about all of a sudden you've got this, it's the thing. Excuse me. Yeah. So you think about it all day. Yeah. And, and then why isn't anybody else noticing me? Oh, oh, hold on just a second. Wait, I need some recognition. And that's just such a gross feeling for me to have. And um, how did it start? I mean, like, because cause here's hmm. the deal. I moved here, you know, four, four and a half years ago. And I go to meetings and, and re- there you are. You know, I yeah. remember 
um, Doug, your sponsor, who's just like an icon. I'm um, seeing him tomorrow. Yeah, yeah he's the man. He and Doug's man. got like 30-some years. He says he still has his character defects. He just doesn't use them as much as he used to um, now that he's sober. But I remember you giving Doug his, his, his chip, whatever, 25, 30 years, however, however many. I was like, and you were talking about him, and I was like, wow, that guy, yeah. he's, he's got the sunlight of the spear coming through him, yeah. you know? Um, and then, you know, I asked you to be my sponsor. We're hanging out a ton. And, like, wh- you know, what? how does that guy yeah. end up like this guy? Yeah, I just isolation, just not being in touch. You know, how does it? Ha- I mean, just b- gradually by inch, inch by inch, and that's the baffling part about this thing is that I didn't really even realize it. In my head, I'm like, "Yeah, everything's fine," you know. And it, um, so I think it's just, it, had, it took some other people stepping in in my life, sort of reminding me, "Dude, th- you're not. This is not who you know. This is doesn't seem healthy. What you're doing here." So I think to answer your question, I stopped. I stopped doing the little things. And for me, as goofy as it sounds, I roll out of bed and I, and I have some pillows on the floor because I throw them off, you know, when I'm sleeping. And so I go straight to my knees and I just, I just sit there. Sometimes I talk to God, sometimes I just sit there. But it's sort of, to me, it's like this acknowledgement that of gratitude for being alive that day and saying, this is your day and, and uh, you know, that kind of, but so little things like that, I don't need to do that. Um, calling somebody or uh, even being a sponsor. Like I dropped the ball on that big time. I had a couple of dudes and I just was like, I, you know, I just didn't. I've I, recently done that. Yeah. I, and I just uh, felt, and I felt really guilty about that. But then I'm like, you know, <clears throat> and of course I can't, I'm not going to meetings. Yeah. I'm not making any effort. But how long did you go between meetings? I would, well, I would, I probably three months I'd show up just to punch my card. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I, you know, I'm still here. And then I go away for the th- yeah. two or three months. I mean, uh-huh. that's what, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. So this is and all. I started to think this AA thing, I still, interesting. I, I mean, I really started to think, well, you know, maybe I, maybe I was overthinking this AA stuff. That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. Did yeah. you feel like, did you I, feel like you were an alcoholic? Like maybe you were, you had been misdiagnosed. A hundred percent. Towards yeah. the end, I was like, wait a minute. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I uh, did that, I, you know. Did you go to meetings? Because this happens to me, and, and uh, you know, you don't have to relapse to think this way. Did you go to meetings and mm-hmm. think, who are these losers? Mm. Like, I have done that. This is they, Alcoholics are my tribe. Right. I, whatever they are, I am one of them. Right. So, but what I have is the terminal uniqueness that if I get away for a little while, <laughs> totally. I can come back and be like, yeah, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and sometimes, honestly, it never lasts the length of a one-hour meeting. Mm-hmm. Usually That's after true. a half an hour, I'll thaw out and I start thinking like like I should think. You know, not like how I'm programmed to think. But the way that I'm programmed to think, I will think that way if I don't get around. Yeah. AA. That's just, that is just how I totally agree. it works for me. You know, and I could definitely be... I. I I feel you when you say that, like, you know, maybe I was misdiagnosed or maybe, well, that was weird. You know, that, that was a weird phase. Like, it was like when I was smoking a ton of weed and wearing tie-dye and listening right. to The Grateful Dead every day for, you know, two years in college. Like, well, that was different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, no, yeah. Right. Yeah. Get the Chili Peppers tattoo yeah, on yeah. your arm. Yeah, like, like, wait oh, a minute, 30 oh, years oh. later? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Still love the peppers, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally funny. I yeah. Yeah, absolutely relate to that. It's, you know, it's God's economy, right? It's an upside down world. I mean, the things that are valued here that are not valued there and vice versa. So when I go to a meeting and I see some. Say uh, that. Can you, can you describe that a little more? God's economy. The whole thing is where it would harm others, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so in that. A hundred percent. The context that we're yeah. talking about this. Yeah. I just. Maybe we meet back next year this time yeah. and we yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Further talk. Chapter three. I mean, I don't yeah. know. All right. So God's I like this idea though. Check in every year. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. We got to go to meetings in between. Though, oh, totally. Right? Me too. <laughs> I've been going every day. All right. God's economy. Well, just the loser that walks into AA that says, I, I am at the end of my rope and, um, and he's lifted up by the program and he, um, still doesn't have any money and or what I'm just, the thing. And so he's this 
you know, if you have, it's just a real simple concept, but if you're uh, valued in our society, you, you are quote unquote successful and you have money and you have status and you have prestige and all of those things can accompany an alcoholic, but they don't define the alcoholic and the alcoholic is defined by, you know, his um, sobriety and his selflessness and his closeness to his higher power and the way that he lives life is, uh, you know, it's that whole thing that's true ambition. We should look it up, but mm -hmm. you know, it's one of my favorite uh, daily readings, uh, but it's basically true ambition is not what we thought it was. True ambition is to walk humbly and to serve uh, other people. Um, that's what true ambition is. You know, the, what is the prom? It says, uh, uh, as praying only for knowledge of his will for us. Yeah. And the ability to carry that out. That's the true ambition part. And that's what's not necessarily valued over here. So well, that's, was, well, that's all I mean is that there are rock stars in AA that you like Doug or somebody that you say, I don't, I don't know how Doug is perceived in, in the world, but in AA, I, he's just this magnificent uh, spirit. Man, now I need some of that because <clears throat> I, I've talked about this in meetings and I've, maybe I've talked about it here on this podcast. I don't know if I have, but you know, I have this, when I start to get kind of, funky and start thinking the wrong way i have i have this vision of of a hierarchy in the world you mm -hmm. know and it's like god and it's like you know lebron james <laughs> barack obama yeah, you know right. like 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 you know Dwayne sure. wade he's probably down here now he doesn't yeah. play anymore heck yeah um you know chris cuomo was here now he's down here <laughs> That's right, like yeah, yeah 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 with his brother andrew they both cratered um and uh that's wrong you, you know but and and guess what? Doug isn't on that list, or mm -hmm. or somebody who inspires me in AA. They're not on that list. When in reality, the people who have truly touched my lives are those rock stars. Mm -hmm. And you know, your perception of everything gets so gets so out of whack for an alcoholic. And this is one thing I wanted to pose to you. Just hanging with you and kind of charting your course since you know I've met you. Your life has gotten better. Um, on paper, from what I've seen, hundred percent. You know, there. You said in a meeting, uh, or, or you said on the podcast that we had a year ago when you joined me. You said that when you finally had let go mm -hmm. of your financial insecurities mm -hmm. was when you started to roll. And when you let go of that, it seems like a, a bit of a windfall came through for you, yeah. and God carried you. And then it's the first thing that we turn around and drop. Right? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Or it, take ownership of. Yeah. It's a, oh, okay. I got all Okay. Now these, these is, things are mine. It's up to me to keep the balls in the air now. Yeah. And, and, and did you find yourself doing that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Right. So when, you're, when this is happening, what's going on with your relationships with people? I mean, what's, what is the anatomy of this quote unquote breakdown? Yeah. What, what, what's happening to you? Uh -huh. um, because. So let's give you an example from yesterday. Yesterday I have. Uh, three different projects that I'm working. I feel like I'm waiting tables. I feel like I've got like five different five tops and I'm just yeah. running. This guy needs something over here and uh, I'm, I'm rehabbing houses. So I have three different properties that are, that I'm working on, uh, which is amazing, right? Because 16 years ago I was making eight bucks an hour scraping houses. And now, you know, I own three houses and, you know, so these are the go three, figure. just the three we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, but this is the, this is God doing for me what I can't do for myself. So I, yes, I start taking ownership of that and I start putting up and I get super stressed out. And this one dude, he keeps asking me, dude, I need your help. He's a friend of mine. He's in the program. Um, and I keep brushing him off because I'm so busy. You know what I mean? I got so much to do. And I had a sort of moment of clarity or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I got to go. So I went and I got in this dude's truck and we went and I helped him out. And for that hour and a half, I was, it was so freeing because suddenly I was on his time and I was helping him with his issue and I was sort of in his world. And there's something to that, right? It's like 100%. Uh, and guess what? All this crazy stuff that I thought I had to, all these balls I thought I had to keep in the air, it, it was fine. It worked out fine. Uh, uh, and sometimes uh, it doesn't work out and that's yeah. fine too. Out of self, out of self. My out response you said that you got to get, you have to get out of self. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Cause I'm. Let me get this out there. I'm usually all about self, and, right? That's how I'm wired. Well, you know, yeah. it's like we again we throw out the slogans. I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. You yeah. know, why? Well, yeah. If you're not telling me how good I have it, or how how bad I have it, mm -hmm. or how great I am, you know what I mean? Like that's, right. that's one of the two. Yeah. Man, you got it rough. You got to wake up in the morning. You got a long commute to work. 
man, you are awesome today. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, poof, you know, yeah, I yeah. know either way. That's right. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend's a busy person and the past, past week she was super busy and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be of service this whole week. Mm. Like, because usually she will beat you to whatever there is going on. Cause she's like, just kind of a, a doer. And so I'm, I'm always kind of like, Oh, I meant to do that. And she's like, well, you didn't, you know? And, uh, so, so I was like, she's, well, you didn't. Yeah. I, I see how bogged down she is. I was like, I'm going to help her. And you know, it wasn't perfect, but everything I could think to do mm -hmm. of me, I tried to do. Uh, there was even a point where I had done a bunch of stuff and I was thinking about, oh, I'll do one more thing for her. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll chop up these vegetables because I know she's going to need it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then my voice was like, you pussy. <laughs> you know, like, how, how, you know, how dare you? Like, aren't you? You're all done for today. Because yeah. those are the voices of, you know, uh, you know, kids I grew up with right in the back of my head sure. or all the egotistical men. Yeah, all yeah, all yeah. the guys who taught me things about women knew nothing about women. That's right. right. That's, that's the story of my that's life. Funny. And, uh, you know, I do all that Your for her. Your big brothers over yeah, there. Oh, right. yeah. Whoever. You're a wuss, Pete. Yeah, my brother Mike and Jeff Salucci, you know, like there's two guys who basically raised <laughs> me. Salucci. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin was always doing his own thing. I always give him a hard time. So, um, but I say that to say, that was a great week for me. Mm. It really was. Mm -hmm. And and I was happy because she was really happy to be reinvigorated with with her work. And uh, yeah. it was just like, man, that felt like looking yeah. back when it was over, I was like, that felt good. And when she had to wind down a little bit, I was like, oh, man, like what's going to happen now? Do I go back to being self-centered? Mm -hmm. um, which tells me I need to get more involved with other alcoholics. I need to be there for them. I mean, that's a turnkey deal, right? Yeah. Helping out your significant other in your sure. home. Uh, I need to go a little further with that, but it felt so yeah. good. Now, you ask her how well I did. Who knows, right? But but for me, it oh, was I'm it was a fulfilling deal. And you know, I I I get what you're saying. Where when you get excited, it's all it's all, honestly what you described to me it reminds me of a couple things. Okay, one when I I remember I got Tech Mobile um, when I was. Uh -huh in grade school uh -huh. and I started to play it and I liked it so much. Uh -huh. I was so high off this, this thing yeah. that I faked sick the next like three days and just played <laughs> tech mobile. You know, I was faking throwing up. I was playing, it was the craziest thing. Then I remember the first night I did cocaine. Okay. Um, I was at a bar in New York Techno City. Ball. Hopefully that night was a bit further removed from the technoball. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a week later. No, <laughs> I went down to West Philadelphia with my brother. Can't get no. enough of that technoball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, I, I, like years later, right? I'm, uh, and I'd done cocaine before, but I got my hands on. I, it was the first time I got a drug dealer's number. I did cocaine. Um, and I was like, this is, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, this is unbelievable. And I didn't go to work the next day. Uh -huh. And I was like, I'm going to do this all day. Uh -huh. I can't believe. And it's, it sounds like you're th the same thing, right? With like, I've rediscovered my music. Yeah. I'm going to go and, and play. And this is it for me, right? Yeah. Like nobody get in the way of this. And that's it. that's it. I mean, that's how, that's how I'm wired. How interesting. Right. You made that connection, the Tecmo Bowl and the cooking. Yeah. I mean, it's just, right. It's like those, that, that thing that you think it will never expire. Yeah. Um, Cause it's that addict voice in our head, but eventually it expires. When you, when, when yours expires and you talked about this reckoning before Christmas, yeah. Um, what, what happens? Yeah. How do you restart? Right. Well, first of all, I know enough about the program to know that if I'm disturbed, uh, there's something wrong with me. So if uh, my wife is just driving me crazy, then there must be something I need to look at in myself, right? So, and I, that's a real high-minded idea, but, and it's not, so here's the thing. She confronted me, um, or maybe this is over a series of weeks of me being defensive. What are you talking about? Nah, 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 you know, and eventually it was like, I remember she sort of said something like, is there something I can do that, you know, because I, I was just, how long is this? I, last I was time? being defensive. I was saying, you how, know, how long, like for months? Um, yeah, for okay. months. And I was, I didn't realize how neglectful I was being really. I, I it's the, you know what an addict does when, he wants to get to the thing. He'll do anything to get to the thing. 
And so in my case with my family, it's like, oh, I'll go get carpool. Oh, I'll take the dog out. I'll, I'll wash the dishes. Is everybody happy? Is everybody good? You, you're watching your TV show? Great. You, you get, uh, and so then, then I would take off. It was almost like I had like Groundhog Day. You know, he does this thing over and over and over. And so he can just get to the girl part where he kisses the girl. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of rote, running through all the tasks that he has to achieve. And it's very self-centered. So he can get to the thing he wants to get to. And that's kind of how I was acting. And so um, when she started to tell me this, my initial gut is to be to reactive, to, to be uh, defensive. You get that? No, it's, it's Murph. Okay. Ready? Hold on. Murph. What's up, Murph? Hey. hey, I'm doing a podcast with Wes now, all right? So I'll call you back. Right. Later. See you. All right. That's our number one fan. So, so it just you, kind of occurred to me, it just occurred to me after so long that I thought, oh, okay, wait a minute. She doesn't need to change. It's not her that needs to change. Um, and she kept wanting to talk about it and process it and let's work through it together. And then I, and I was like, no, no, no. Uh, I know what I need to do. I need Which to call is? Doug. I need to do the steps. So I started to do the steps again. So now I'm on step four and I'm, and it's just, I guess the point is, is that, uh, no, we don't need to uh, work out arrangements. We don't need, she doesn't need to, because I think part of my bitching and moaning was, you know, I got three grown boys that live in the house, three teenage boys. I've got tons of work. She works full time. She's got tons of work. She's doing really great work and she's totally fulfilled in her work. And somewhere in all of that, I, I, I feel like, you know, the little child in me gets defensive and says, well, you're not paying enough attention to me. You know, this sure. attitude. You got kids who are high achievers. <laughs> yeah. you, do, you do, right? But I, I mean, mean I'm you got one kid of, looking to go into Ivy League schools. I, I mean, well, that's another story. Yes, I, yes, my kids are awesome, but I. Yeah. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, I keep trying to tell Emily, I don't, you know, I'm not getting enough from you. You know, I'm not getting enough attention, and that's just patently, that's just bullshit. That's just 100 percent bullshit. Is um, it hard to admit that? It's hard to admit it, and then I go, but but when you see it, you see it. Um, I appreciate you admitting that because again, it's the opposite of what I was just talking about. Everything I learned about women. We're from guys who know nothing about women. You know, that's, but you said it earlier. But that's your truth. I mean, you know, I, I, I can be the same exact way, but woof, am I going to tell somebody? <laughs> yeah. Right? The, 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 like, I feel that Letter way, win. so I'll act out in a different way. Exactly. So I appreciate you sharing that because that's the kind of stuff that makes me a better guy. Well, I don't do it. You know, I don't do it all the time. I, but I was thinking that what you said, so something, somebody said this to me in a meeting a long time ago. I never forgot it, but, well, I did forget it. I forget how they said it or who said it. But the idea was, if you're wanting a connection, if you're missing something from your spouse, like she's not giving you enough attention, then that you give her attention. You know what I mean? Or if you wish she would wash the dishes more often, you start washing the dishes more. I mean, it's just things like that. Like you do what you wish that they would do. And there's something magic. It's sort of like praying for your enemies or so. There's some, something that happens there. You sort of do the opposite. And it frees you up. Yes, it and just it frees, frees you. Up. I think it frees them up too. Totally, because then, I, I really think good energy begets good energy. Yeah, you know, and if it doesn't, hard to do, but yeah, absolutely hard to do. So you start to go to meetings again. So what yeah, yeah. when you went back to meetings uh-huh. was that? How was that transition? And did you get your hand up? Did you say like you know, hey, here's what's going on with me? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not that you made some state of the union, but what happened when you kind of re-entered that society? It's a good question because I think I when I. When I started to come back in, um, I was emotionally kind of raw, having just sort of gone through some stuff with Emily and, um, and still knew that this is where I needed to go, but also still holding on to some defensiveness and still. So if I could give myself advice going back, I would just say, just shut up, just shut up for a month, go to the meetings and don't talk. Because I think I got in there and was, um, you know, modeling, or I would start being real, uh, real sentimental, or I, I, <clears throat> I just didn't know myself enough because I hadn't started. You were fucked up. I was still kind of, yeah, yeah I was recovering you, from all that. It's like anything when you come in, it's fresh, like somebody brand new coming in. Bingo. You just yeah. start talking. And that's a great thing about AA. People give you grace. You know? yeah. They're like, okay, let this guy talk. <laughs> yeah, totally. Here it comes, uh, you know, because yeah. we've all been there. And I kind of did that again. I came back in and I was just talking out my ass, you know. I was just, and people were cool enough to go like, thanks for sharing, Wes. Yeah, so <laughs> did good. anybody go up to you and like say like, hey, you, you doing all right? Uh, Doug, Doug, yeah. you know, my sponsor would be like, uh, 
I'd say something, Doug's very matter of fact, I'd say something like, Doug, I think I probably need to take a look at the steps again, man. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> just stuff like, just put me in my place. Like, yeah. yeah, you need to man up a little bit. You're acting like. And there's magic in the, in those rooms. There's magic in that room that, you know, you go to, I used to be able to go there every day. Um, yeah, we miss you. I know my schedule's kind of screwed up, but that's, that's all BS. I've been, you know? but that's not BS. You yeah. gotta go to, do- I, but yeah. I've been in, I've been going every day and it's made a huge difference. And I go now, it's like, it's, it's really fun. Yesterday there was a meeting and it was all ladies, never been in that room and turning point where it was all ladies uh-huh. and me. It was perfect. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like five or six of my yeah. friends who happened to be like, and uh, we just had the best outlaw. I told you that, but it was really cool to, uh, just relate on that level. I just love, I love the relationships that I have in there. And, and, uh, you know, there are people that share story. I know people better than their families. Know. Oh, I, uh, 100%. And they know me better than my, and you, so it's just this great, you go in and as busy as I am, it's an acknowledgement that it's a re, number one, it's a reset, a spiritual reset, but it's a spiritual practice. It's an action that I can take that, that signals or that says I'm not running today, but also it's just this—it's just a pleasure to get involved in other people's lives and to hear what's going on. And I mean, I can't—I mean, I don't know why there's not a line out the door for these meetings. I really, you know, because it's like you said, it's the best show in town. Well, when you—it's—it's it's amazing because you don't want to do it, and then you do it and you feel great. And then I, I was on a meeting last night where a guy was talking to, you know, this one guy who we're all close to is out in, in Colorado and he's doing his thing and he was actually chairing the meeting and he said, I just haven't been working my program like I need to mm-hmm. bottom line. And, and, and one guy uh, who I view as just, you know, one of those guys who's just got Nora, he's been around forever and he's just, he's awesome. Cause he goes to meetings all the time. He said, if you go to a meeting every day for 14 days, on well, the 14th day, you won't be wondering or the 15th mm-hmm. day, you won't be wondering whether or not you need to get to a meeting You'll get to one because yeah. you know how good you'll feel afterwards. You'll know how it frees you up. And after a period of time, you do just have smart feet. You know, it's the same reason that every time I stop to get gas, I go inside to get something with sugar. Smart feet. You know, yeah. because it That's just great. calls me. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same way in recovery. Well, it's even an even crappy meeting. Crack, quote, crappy yeah. meetings. Yeah. We go in and someone's just going on and on and they're drunk a log or whatever. You know, even those meetings now, I can just... Uh, I can find a place where I can uh, have a conversation with God in that moment. And, um, you know, I mean, even that is worthwhile. You can find a way to, because I'm like, you you, I meditate, leave my phone dude. in the car yeah. and, and, or in the truck. And I try so, to all the time. So it just frees me up to just be there and be present. And if someone's going on, that's what they're supposed to be going on. If some, you know, if, if people are whatever, it's just that's how it's meant to be going down. And you speak your truth or you don't. But at any rate, you're there open to the God of the universe, and it's, uh, it's, it's just galvanizing. How far do you feel you're re- removed from the guy that you were talking about? By the way, I, I was just thinking, so you, you uh, even in, in your little like slip-up or blurry period right, that we're talking about, yeah. you still helped me several times. And you, know, you helped me move um, some stuff, uh, like what was that, I guess in July, mm-hmm. and I went over to your house, mm-hmm. And I'm there with you and Emily. We're hanging. Like, was were, were things kind of tense then? Uh, maybe not then. They were, yeah, they were getting there. It's hard for her because she wants she wants to encourage me to do the things I. Well, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. The reason I mention that is because I, you know, and it just shows like you don't don't know anything that's going on in somebody's life. You just, uh, I, I mean, it was awesome. I went yeah. over there. I talked with her for a while, and yeah. you know, you were just really awesome sharing me. You know, your house which you'd shown me years ago and it was, it was like, wh- what's going on here? And now it's like this beautiful home. Um, it, I, I felt good walking away, but then you're kind of cruising into, mm-hmm. you know, the wilderness. I guess it probably didn't really start getting bad till later, but yeah. okay. anyway, Emily and I have always been such good buddies that is she still we pissed just enjoy she still pissed at you now. Is she, is she, is she working her way out of the, um, uh, she's not pissed at me. Yeah. She's grateful that I'm back in. Yeah. She rec- she totally sees a difference. Well, she should be pissed at you. That's what I'm saying. Right. I understand. <laughs> I, mean, you know I mean, like we're the, we're you the know, lucky ones. There. That's right. Well, she's yeah. good at uh, compartmentalizing. I think she'll, we'll, we'll probably deal with it later down yeah. the road. We'll talk about more in more detail. But for now, you know, we're all, we're good. What is, what does your life look like now? Like, you know, as far as, 
you're going to meetings, you're working the steps. How, how really, how, how much different do you feel? Well, <clears throat> you know, there's a reason they say it's one day at a time. And, uh, I'm real hesitant to say, well, I've, I've made it. I've made it through <laughs> the tr- storm and here I am. I, I mean, I, it's a constantly changing, constantly evolving. All I know is what's working for me now. And that is, um, yeah, hit my knees in the morning, uh, hit a meeting as much as I can. And what I'm learning now, which, which is, is, is new, because with each little calamity or painful episode, you kind of you get a little more information, I think. And uh, for me, that's certainly the case. Like I, I realized that how much of this stuff I do on my own or just with me and God, you know, and, and how much, how, how much I'm deceiving myself, I, how much more work I have to do. Oh yeah. And I think uh, that only comes with working with someone else and him saying, uh, what about this? What about that? What about that? And I go, no, that's fine. And uh, take a little closer look at that. And you go like, oh, oh. I mean, Growth happens when, uh, when two or more are gathered in the name of recovery. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm, I'm meeting Doug tomorrow to go over my fourth step that I'm doing again. But the, I really didn't do the steps. But one time when I came in, like I've never gone back and redone them. Um, and, and I know dude, people do that a lot. And yeah. I just never did it because yeah. oh, I got it. And I, yeah. I haven't drank. So I must, you know, I must be good. But there's freedom in those. <clears throat> you know, that is what we want. It's the feeling that alcohol and drugs gives us is walking out of somebody's presence after doing a fifth step with them, right? Yeah. Um, it just, yeah. it's just, it's reinvigorating. It's, you can't really describe it unless you've done it. But mm-hmm. the one word I would, I would give to it is, is freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and you talk about working with other people, you know, like I, I feel like I've had like a, like a financial relapse recently because mm-hmm. I've just moved into a whole, I've transitioned into a whole new way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's a good thing, but it's not just me anymore. I can't just do whatever I want to do. Um, res- I don't even, I, I'm not responsible for other people. You know, they're taking care of themselves. But when you become a part of, you know, a team, mm-hmm. right? Like you just can't, you yeah. just can't be willy nilly. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, things just change. There's more responsibility. You got to level up. And, you know, I find myself in, 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 in little bullshit lies, you know, just like, because yeah. I don't want to, eh, this is how I've always done it, which has been so screwy, but like, eh, I got it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just working through a bunch of that stuff because w- what comes with that is financial insecurity, mm. you know? And, and I sat down with my significant other, you know, just last week and we went through, it was the first time somebody else looked, looked through my bank account, mm. you know? It was like, wow. yeah, what was, and it, it was very freeing. Hmm. You know, there was one part fear, one part embarrassment. Um, and, you know, the biggest comment I got was like, what, how many snacks do you get while you're at work? <laughs> you know, it's like, what, like, there's who's this, just, who's this bookie in Chicago? Okay. <laughs> there, there wasn't any of that. <laughs> you know, there, there was none of that, but it's just like, yeah. just stop being a moron, huh. you know? And it's, but, but my thing is like, well, that's how I have always done it. Like, yeah. It's just it's it's the the evolution is hard. Yeah. Being being a a card carrying member and contributing to society mm-hmm. in the right way is hard. The way that I want to do things are my way and it's messy and I'm fudging stuff and it's just not crystal clear. You know, Gordon who sat here with me yeah. um last year uh, great guy around this area. Uh, and yeah, he's a, a, a step study. Oh yeah, uh, starts tomorrow. Here he is, mm-hmm. Gordon H. Doing the step study. Yeah, doing step study. Yeah. Well, he sat here a year ago and he said, "Oh no, no, no." He told me just recently, "You're either in or you're out." Yeah. And that's hmm. uh, whether it's sobriety, mm-hmm. a relationship, a job, this podcast. He said he talk, was talking to a sponsor and he said, uh, "The sponsor said this to him." He said, Gordon, you're either in or you're out. Mm. And Gordon said, well, it's not that simple. And he was like, it is. Mm. You're either in or you're out. And that's really what AA teaches us, right? Like, you've got to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Do God's will. Mm-hmm. And then you're okay. And, and, and last night, we'll get ready to wrap this up while I'm on a rant because you got me feeling good. It's great to have somebody in here, by the way. It really is. 
Um, Pete, I like you so much. Yeah. I, 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 this is awesome. I yeah. can do this every day. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. No, um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was talking, a guy called me last night who I love. Um, and he was a guy who, when I was at rock bottom, helped me mm-hmm. get into a rehab. Mm-hmm. And just 10 years ago, changed my life. Mm-hmm. And he's struggling today. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in and out and, uh, you know, he's uh, really putting together s- some good stuff in sobriety. So he's curious. He called me up and he asked me, you know, what is what is your spiritual connection all about? You know, and I'm first I'm thinking, like, why is this guy calling me? Mm-hmm. You know, like. I'm like, why would anybody call me about this stuff? I was in one of those like headspaces. And then I started to talk to him about it. And it was empowering, the fact that he'd asked me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to share with him that I doing the right thing for me is hard, right? But when I do the right thing that's hard, I feel good. And when I do it over and over again, that's my connection with God. Mm. Because that body of work is really something to lean on, Right. What do you want to lean on, the truth or the lies? Mm-hmm. You know, and when I'm living in God's will, I'm living in the truth. And the truth becomes this monument, right, that I erect. And it makes me feel good. And that is my conscious contact with God. It's like, okay, if I do God's will, it's going to work out, mm-hmm. however it works out, because mm-hmm. I'm going to feel okay about myself and be able to move forward, you know? If I. If I like just kind of get wishy-washy with it, if I lie, I'm, yeah, 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 take shortcuts, mm-hmm. it's it's that's not God's will, and it just doesn't work for me. Mm. You know, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of doing. It's you know, you walk into a store and you see a, a, a sign that says "Do hard things." Mm. That's just, it's as simple as that. Mm. You know, yeah. My my father-in-law we talked about it in the first podcast as a saying. It's like it's not going. You know, it's not going to be all right. It's not going to be okay. It's already okay. Yeah, it's okay right now. So, <laughs> and, and that speaks to doing. You know, I'm just. Uh, it's not going to be okay. It's, it's not. Okay go, right. You're not doing all this stuff so that yeah. it can be okay. You know, it's like it's okay right now. And yeah. that, that is more of that speaks to what God's will is for me. Is is what's happening right now. Yeah. And um, and how I can react to that, how I can be a part of it or not. Yeah. I can choose to be a part of it. I can choose to jump in the stream, and go with it. Or I can uh, not do my own thing. See how that works out. That, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Different from the tower. I, I look at the stream. Yeah. Maybe the stream goes by the tower. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, so anything you okay. got, Anything else? You've got an appointment with me in a year. Great. Right. Let's do it in a year. We'll get you back. But any, anything else? Um, no, I, I, my, whole, I, my whole hope for this and for your podcast and for me participating is that someone out there can get something out of it and it would be beneficial and uh, helpful to them. Yeah. So I hope that happened. Yeah. I, uh, well, no, if somebody's listening to this right now. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you're still listening and you don't think that, you know, maybe you're on the fence. People get on the fence, man. People get it five years and they're on the fence and they go out, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is an example of, you know, what happens. You just become messy. You become unfulfilled when you get away, mm-hmm. you know, and this is another example as, and it's, and, and the thing I like about it is it's sort of in a vacuum. This is a streamlined example that people can just drop in and listen to right now mm-hmm. about, you know, how you feel when you get away from it, mm-hmm. you know, That's right. for an elongated period of time, the, the longer, um, the longer we get away from it, the more whatever we're doing that's gnarly makes sense. Yeah. I would say, yeah, but my, for my thing, it's like there's no big great expectation for you to go out and save the world or become a missionary or stop cussing or whatever it is. Yeah. You, know, you know, my whole thing is just, just be open. Yeah. And, and, and I lean on the positive. Like, it's a freaking adventure. Like, it's really cool. When you're open, you start to see stuff and stuff appears in your back pocket. And you go, where did this come from? And it's that kind of thing that uh, is, the, is the drink is the sense of ease and comfort that comes from the program is when you're in that flow and God is doing for you what you can't do for yourself. And just making yourself available to that is where it's at, man. And so when you stop doing that because you want to do your thing, you're just not going to feel good. You're not going to experience that. And that's okay. You can do that. But eventually, if you're an alcoholic, the problem is you're going to go drink or do something else. Uh, that that takes that that eases your mind and gives you that false sense of peace in your guts, but that's not going to come 
So anyway, that, that, that's my big spiel. Hallelujah! <laughs> so... Wes Cunningham, by the way, is an artist on Jive Records. You, you can so Jive Records, right? You uh, all about on Jive, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, but that's years ago. Years ago, the I, music I, sucks. Don't okay, worry, don't Warner Brothers, uh, Wes Cunningham, and also the movie is Seronia. You oh, can get it. You can get watch it on iTunes. Don't bother. And you can get it on all kinds of streaming services. It's, it's a great movie. I do have a house to sell if you want to come. Where? Where's it. the house? <laughs> Seriously, get in touch with Wes. Is there, so if you're living in Central Texas in the Waco yeah. area, well, my dad and I've been working on a house for a year. We we just I grab I buy a house and I work on it for. A year. And it's ready to go. It's beautiful. It's on <laughs> North 15th and, uh, you know, right around North 15th and Waco Drive. So you'll see it. Come on by. Should I give the address? I don't know. Uh, sure. Yeah. 623 North, <laughs> North 15th. <laughs> yeah. Come buy a house for me. Yes. Um, I make a good deal. Uh, and if you can't get in touch with Wes, I'll help you get in touch with Wes. And uh, where I know you're going to blow this, blow this off, but any other music you have out there that people can hear? No, I'm still. Come on, man. Well, I'm. There's music out there on Bandcamp. Okay, uh, from from this period that we've been talking about. Yeah, so some good came out of it, but <laughs> I, I I've kind of tapped the brakes on it for now until I kind of get a, I got to reorient. I got to reorient uh, with music stuff. That's just how I am. I'm weird about that. I think and this it'll is come a, back. It just I think it will be really cool. Yeah. Um, to see you, uh, I think we all struggle uh, in our ability to think. We can get to that creative point in sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we break through that, mm-hmm. this, it, the sky is the limit. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, getting sober, there's so much fear. Mm-hmm. So much fear of failure. Mm-hmm. I'm wrapped up in it right now. Uh, professionally, you know, mm-hmm. am I going to make this next step? What am I going to do? Am I going to take this situation? No. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, just walking through it with God, right? Yeah. And finding that creativity. You know, that's sitting here with you for me. Like I never, if you told me I was going to be sitting here with you, you know, four years ago when I met you doing this, I would have said no way hmm. because I don't think I would have had the balls. Really? You know? Wow. But here cool. we are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Bandcamp, Wes Cunningham. You can see the music there. Wes? Pete. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Dude. <laughs> Great stuff. All right, Mike. Thanks so much for listening to The Payoff with Pete. Once again, I'm Pete Souza, And of course, we are part of the Rogue Media Network. All kinds of good podcasts. You can find at roguemedianetwork.com. And of course, you can find this podcast and all those other ones wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, other spots like that. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.